Welcome back to Light and Logic, where we hope to shine both the light and the logic of Christ. I'm Ashley, and today we are going to be talking about a verse that I feel like it's taken out of context so much. Um, one thing that this channel is trying to do is to promote biblical literacy, if even just a little bit. Um, I think that a lot of times there's a lot of verses that we might know, but we have no idea what the context is surrounding them. And that's how things can get twisted really badly is if we don't know the context. The verse I am going to be talking about today is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think this one, I see a lot of people who play sports using it um, for whatever reason. And also in Instagram bios, I just see it all around. Maybe I'm just like looking out for it, but I see it everywhere. What we need to understand is the context behind this verse so we can actually understand what this verse is saying. So let's look um, at the context of this book that it comes from, Philippians. Philippians is written by Paul, so the Apostle Paul, to a church in Philippi, um, which was like in the Greece area. Um, while Paul was in prison in Rome, as his first imprisonment in Rome. In Philippians, it refers to Paul being, quote, in chains for Christ. And so we know that the reason that he is being imprisoned is because of his faith. A big emphasis in Philippians, among other things, is um, persecution and hardship and Christ through that. Paul says in Philippians, quote, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not to only believe in him but also suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So here Paul is clearly talking about persecution and hardship. If Paul is being imprisoned for his faith and he's saying that they're going through the same hardships that he is, they're also being persecuted. So I was kind of wondering what was maybe going on um, like in Philippi during that time that would cause such persecution. And maybe I just don't know my history very well, but when I was looking into it, um, Rome had actually taken control of Philippi. And what we know about the Romans is that they were very cruel to Christians in the beginning for a lot of years. And then there was a um, transformation of one of the leaders' hearts and it turned into a Christian nation. Super, like, big plot twist. But anyway, during this time, there was massive persecution going on for Christians. And Paul is writing to them in part to encourage them while they're experiencing these persecutions. The encouragement that he's bringing them is through Christ's finished work on the cross. He implores the people to remember Christ and what he has done for them. Though around them there are, quote, enemies of the cross of Christ, they know that Christ has already won the battle. So I kind of think of our world right now as a war. And there's lots of little battles that go on during a war, but there's an ultimate victor in the war. And Christ is that ultimate victor. We know that in the end times, Christ will come back and redeem all of creation. Right now, Satan is just trying to play catch up. Like he's never going to win, but he's just trying to take so many people down or as many people down as he can with him in the meantime. By the time Philippians 4 comes around, which is where Philippians 4.13 is, um, Paul is thanking the Philippians for their generosity towards him. Paul says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you rewarded your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 
what is Paul saying here then? Well, Paul is talking about the trials and tribulations that he's endured for Christ. He's been both well-fed and hungry, clothed and naked, well taken care of, and he knows what it is to be in need. In all things, he is content because he knows that Christ lives in him. Paul doesn't find contentment in the things of this earth. He doesn't find contentment in his situations. He finds contentment in the one who always remains steady, which is Christ. What Paul knows to be true is that Christ died for his sins, he's coming back, he's won the war, and the life to come is far more important than the trials that he's going through right now. Maybe you're saying, Ashley, why are you even talking about this verse? It seems so trivial. And perhaps it is, but I just have such a heart for people knowing their Bibles and understanding what verses say. I'm not saying that I'm a perfect teacher in any way, like literally not in any way, but I just get kind of put off when people mention this verse in such such trivial manners. Knowing what Paul and the Philippians were living through, it just seems very trivial to quote this verse so flippantly in regards to, I don't know, winning sports games or sports games. You know how much I watch sports. What this verse is not saying is that with Christ, we can achieve anything earthly that we want. We just need Christ and he'll get us to where we want to be in this life. It's so much more than that. It's about being content in whatever lot you're given. It's being content because you have the Lord in your heart. As Christians, we're able to endure hardships because we understand what Christ has done for us, which is died on the cross, and we understand who we're running this race for, God. We can run the race of life, sorrowful, hard, tragic as it might be at times, because we understand that there's, in our pain, there's purpose. There's purpose in our pain. Our life here is not the end goal. Winning souls to Christ and eternal life with him is the end goal. Someday in eternity, we're going to be sitting face to face with Jesus and all the sorrows of the world will melt away. Now, I don't want to be saying this and people feel like I'm like beating them down. I'm happy people have this verse on their minds. I really am. It's good to have scripture written on our hearts. But when this passage is taken out of context, it completely misses the point. So there's this podcast called Cultish. Best podcast ever, I'm pretty sure. I love it. Check them out. Um, But their motto is bad theology hurts people. So when people don't know their Bibles and we take verses out of context, that can be very, very hurtful, and we can get a lot of weird ideas. I think this one especially can be used for the prosperity gospel, which is like, you have Christ, and everything will go your way. You'll be rich and famous, which is clearly not the case. Paul was literally in prison for his faith. If you look to the apostles, all but one of them were murdered for their faith, and the other guy was exiled to a different island. God doesn't promise us an easy life. In fact, he promises us trials and tribulations. He says that in this world, we will have troubles. But the beautiful thing is that the very next part of that sentence is, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Through Christ, we can endure hardship and persecution. We can run the race faithfully because we're rooted in Christ and what he has done, not in ourselves, not what we have, we've accomplished. Again, I don't say this to beat anyone down, to make people feel bad, but I just desire that people would know the context of these verses. What I want people to do when they encounter this verse is be reminded of what Christ has done for us, is doing for us, and will do for us in the future come eternity. Anyway, I hope nobody gets too upset with me. Scripture is so beautiful and taken out of context robs it of that beauty. And my heart for every single believer is that we would know our Bibles and know what it's saying. Anyway, that's all for this week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.